The Packers have played their four quarters. Now it's time for the fifth quarter. <laughs> Last night at Lambeau, Packers walk off the Niners 33-30. to We are going to have a heck of a time explaining that one for the boys. They're now 3-2-1, and one, and they get a week to collect themselves before they visit the gauntlet to coming out of the bye. A lot of locker room stuff to get to in a minute. Alongside, as always, Matt Z. Hello, Matthew. Hello, hello, hello. How do you explain a guy that can't kick indoors and can't miss outdoors? It is a tough one to explain, but it's Mason Crosby, man. I mean, what a perfect storybook game for Mason Crosby after that debacle from Detroit. Just that ending, it couldn't have gone any better for him. Couldn't have gone any better. What a crazy, crazy night. Packers finally get off to the fast start. 17 in the first quarter. And it looked like it was going to be a blowout. I thought it was going to be a blowout, but the Niners made some plays, and they gashed the Packer defense early. They were up at the half. Uh, But, uh, you know, while it turned into kind of a field goal battle until the final five minutes, defense got its footing, and then two drives with three minutes to play produced 10 points in a win for Aaron Rodgers, making some fantastic throws to just about everybody on that roster. A couple of throws to Devontae Adams, that one on the sideline to EQ. He, his touch, especially in the fourth quarter, was spectacular. He was fantastic, and it's just another one of those chapters that you write for Aaron Rodgers, and the legend continues to grow, however you want to describe it. I know there's a lot of, still, there's a lot of hand-wringing going on yeah. in town about, Jesus, team wasn't ready to play. What's the Rogers relationship with Rodgers McCarthy? Rogers we still don't know. Target yeah. again. Defense, where's Dom Capers? What's he doing Did you now? actually see those tweets? I got a tweet. Where's Dom? Oh, come on. Yeah. Come yeah. on. I don't know where he is. But he's uh, not coming back, folks. I, and I know the but, pe- you know, but the, the bottom line I wanted to get to is, sure. is okay, after tonight, you're not going to care how it happened, only that it did happen. All right? Yes. Do you remember exactly how, you know, the Bear game went? Does it matter? I've, Bill's yeah. shutout. It's a, it, a Bill's shutout and this one last night for all of the warts that are still evident on this team, doesn't matter. The W is the thing, right? The win is the thing. As long as you are getting wins along the way, yeah, there's growing pains and there's mistakes and you'll look bad one quarter, you'll look brilliant another quarter, you'll play defense for one half, it's not so good for a second half. As long as you walk out with a W, if this were the playoffs, would you be complaining about a 33-30 walk-off win? There would win? be some who would, There yes. might be some that would, yes, in our overreaction Twitter world in which we live, sure. <laughs> I know. But I've, I've always maintained the W is the thing. I know they're not all going to be pretty, and they don't need to be as long as you're winning along the way. I'll say this for the Niners. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is, I think, a very good offensive mind. Absolutely. Uh, You know, that's the way he got hired by uh, John Lynch out there. They put up 400-plus on a couple of teams this season, uh, and they've lost on the road, I think, now three really close games. So there can't be that far off. And even Rodgers mentioned it last week. He said the difference between, you know, a play and a big play is this close between a, a subpar team and a really good team is this much. There really isn't a lot of difference in the NFL. There really isn't. You know, you've got, okay, you've got the Rams who look like they're head and shoulders above everybody else, but everybody else is knocking heads and shoulders every Sunday or Monday. Right. And are the Rams really head and shoulders above everyone else? Well, or have they just find out. Have they just not got slapped in the mouth yet and see, you know, been tested? Took 
just took them to the wire in Denver. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know that there's any team that's head and shoulders above anyone because this is such an offensive driven league that anyone can get hot and anyone can put up points and you can put up a bunch of yards. And if a couple of guys on defense just have a bad game or miss one blown coverage, or suddenly, miss five kicks. Yeah, yeah. Or miss five <laughs> kicks. Suddenly a team that should have one is staring down the barrel of a loss. All right, so they get it done, and we'll spend some time in the locker room to hear from the guys who got it done, and we'll begin with head coach Mike McCarthy batting leadoff. Well, excellent win for our football team tonight. Uh, excellent adversity win. Um, I can't say enough about a number of the individual performances. I think, you know, to finish here with, with Mason getting the final kick, uh, the two two-minute drives there, you know, led by Aaron Rodgers, the defensive stops, uh, the adversity, key plays that we made uh, were just huge. Yeah, extra large, no I'm, question about it. I'm glad you said batting leadoff because I obviously know that's a Brewers reference. Well, of course, we'll. Last get night to the was group. Wisconsin two, California zero. Yeah, handled no Cal here, so Cal there. It was awesome. Yeah, go yes, Brewers. That's right. Two away. The from entire the state of California crying. At Licking their wounds today. Good for them. Yes. Good for them. All right. San Francisco head coach. As I mentioned, Kyle Shanahan. I think he's good, but he says we was Rogersed. We didn't get it done. We had, we had a chance to win today. Um, very disappointed that we didn't. Uh, one of the offense squad and finish it, and we didn't. And give Aaron a chance with the ball like that. He's done that a lot of times. A couple of times this year, as a matter of fact. And they gave him a second chance. With the uh, Richard Sherman screw up on yeah. Devontae Adams, yeah, 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 he wasn't complaining about it. No, uh, you know he held uh, court uh, in the visitors' locker room yesterday. So they threw the flag. They threw the flag. He did grab him. I mean, it was. But that was a big home. sack in that situation. That game could have completely it, it, changed. It's overtime. Yeah, yeah if that yep. doesn't get called for sure. Well, it came down to Mason Crosby's twenty-seven yard walk off, a perfect seven for seven after the disaster in Detroit. Oh, you see how special this team is. I mean, that last drive there was uh, was unreal, and uh, the uh, chemistry that this uh, this locker room has. Uh, you know, everyone's you know, always always bringing each other up, trying to make sure that we have each other's back. And uh, you know, like I said, just uh, you know, the, the guys never wavered from how they felt about me as a man and as a as a football player. I knew that uh, you know, I was I worked really hard this week to make sure that uh, that I'd come through if I had you know if I was called on this week uh, for this game and. Uh, like I said, uh, I'm tired. <laughs> was, uh, I'm glad we have a bye week and uh, you know, ready to you know, keep moving forward. If they're not sleeping for seven nights, he slept pretty well last night, I am sure. Isn't that the great thing about sports? Well, sports is awesome. Right. It's the best reality television out there. Just it's those incredibly stories that unfold in front of you from week to week. And a man can be so down and everyone can be against you. And then you're built back up and you have a fantastic night and you have a walk-off winner. Field goal. It's great. Sports are great. Yeah, it's stupid great. It is, really. Uh, but, after, you know, even before the kick, hey, don't forget Aaron Rodgers got the pack even at 30 with 155 to go, turning twice to Devontae Adams on that drive. Well, I was, I was going to come to him. I was looking, actually, at uh, the release on the backside first and then was going to was going to obviously come to come to Devontae. He was the hot hand. I mean, he rolls out of bed. He's the hot hand. You know, he's, he's a <laughs> talented guy. And tonight was... Uh, you know, was was how we we need to play moving forward. Um, Sixteen targets for Devontae, I think nine for Jimmy. That's uh, that's where we want to be. Ten for Buck, thirty-two <laughs> for Adams, and two more touchdowns. He has scored more touchdowns on receptions than anyone in the NFL since the start of last season. Shares the league lead this year, and he talks about a five hundred twenty-one yard offensive night. 
We got out to a quick start and then we kind of got stagnant for a minute and that, that was definitely frustrating, but I mean, that's that's part of football. It's not always, I mean, those guys get paid too, so um, it's not always going to be smooth, but you got you to gotta, you gotta figure it out and um, get through it and win the game. And that's what we did. We certainly did. Jimmy Graham went over 100 yards. Marquez Valdez-Scantling did on just three catches. Only the second time in franchise history they've had three 100-yard receivers on a single performance. Good night for the receiving uh, core. Yes, and without Cobb and Allison again. Jimon Moore even caught one. And Equiminius St. Brown with that big fourth-quarter grab. Uh, MVS, as they like to call him, said, you know, we're not rookies anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's what they brought us in here for, um, you know. It's unfortunate that, you know, our, our vets are, are down right now. But, you know, when you draft three guys, you, you want those guys to step in when the, the older guys are, are down with no drop-off. You know, so that's what we did tonight. I, you know, we all were kind of impressed with their athleticism all summer long, okay? And then Jamon Moore had a really bad case of the yips. He yeah. kind of fell by the wayside. Nick Wiminius St. Brown rarely flashed. But Valley Scantling has been kind of the consistent one of the three. But now all three got involved, made plays. I mean, Moore's catch was in the fourth quarter. St. Brown had the huge one on the sideline yep. with 11 seconds left. Uh, and uh, Valdez Scantling is making plays start to finish. Yeah, you can see they each have big play ability. And Rodgers talked with ESPN on the field after the game, and he mentioned, you know, especially MVS, he says he's ahead of the rest of the guys right now. But the other guys aren't that far behind. And once everyone starts clicking... You know, there's going to be a nice flow to these guys in that offense. I don't know how you're going to get them all on the field at the same time in a couple of weeks. As for the defense, well, they were put on their heels early. 290 yards on 29 plays. That's 10 yards a play. Yeah. And 24. San Francisco was doing what they wanted. And 24 points in the first half. Kenny Clark and company, though, gave up a buck 74 on the ground as well. But they sure dug in late. It, it was tough. It was tough because towards the end, they had, a, they had a drive where they were just running the ball on us, and it was just like we couldn't stop them. And, um, you know, we could have we we gave up, but uh, happy how we, how we played. And, um, you know, we showed just our effort and, and our heart. You know, we, you know just, made, we just made some plays when, when they counted, really. The guy's making a lot of tackles, though. Yeah. Seven. Blake had a dozen last night, and uh, the D got some big plays late. Clay with the sack to set up the game-tying drive, and then his pressure led to C.J. Beathard's last deep shot that got picked by Kevin King. We kind of put our guys on a, on an island on the back, and usually the quarterback doesn't have enough time to get rid of it. And, uh, you know, he was able to throw one up, and Kev made a heck of a play, especially against uh, 11, I think it was, who's got – you know, world-class speed, so made a huge play when we needed it, and obviously, you know, we preach it all the time. Turnovers, give the ball to our, give the ball back to our offense, and good things are going to happen. Unfortunately, Aaron kind of commanded that last drive and, and took it down, and we got the game winner. Yeah, he mentioned number 11. That little Goodwin. McQuise Goodwin. He can fly. Yeah, yeah. World-class speed, and makes that, some big plays. That route he put on Tremont Williams. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Made the 35-year-old look like 65, didn't he? Yeah, that was a veteran yeah, spun him type around. of a route. Yeah. yeah, it really was. Well, we'll finish with the coach, too. Mike McCarthy said the final two possessions were vintage Rodgers. I mean, Aaron's had great ones throughout the years, and I, I just, you know, the time and uh, just really the menu, the operation, and that, that was, there was clinic. I mean, there's, there's some, so many key plays are all the way down to the end, you know, you know, even taking all the time off of the clock, you know, kicking the field goal there three seconds, so... Top-notch stuff. Top-notch. Top-notch. Especially that touchdown throw to Adams that was just over the fingertips of the defender. If that defender is an inch taller, 
he breaks that ball up. Or if that ball is an inch lower, a couple inches higher, it goes out of the end zone. We tried the fade of Valdez Scantling oh. and the fourth and goal play. Yeah. Terrible throw. Yep. Down, you know, it was a back shoulder, but off the back of the defensive back. Uh, the Adams one, though, absolutely perfect. Was, I thought the 38 yarder was even a better throw. Yeah, great I mean, throw. That was just a dart that, that dropped. That sideline right one to Equimenius, where he stops and turns yeah, and it's, it's there. A little it's... behind him. That was more St. Brown than it was yeah. 12 to touch. And you I the think truth. that's what's lost in this as well, a lot of times. Is receivers make great plays on those balls too? Yeah, like they're not always in the perfect spot, but the receivers make it look like it's in the perfect spot. Well, they got it done, and we're just getting started. We got plenty more to talk about on that game and what's in front of these guys in a very muddled NFC North race. Glad you're here tonight. We got some great stuff to give away. We're gonna send somebody shopping to the Packer Pro Shop from our friends at Robinsons. We'll do the hot and cold plays as well. And we are statewide. We welcome you in Sheboygan and Wausau and viewing on our websites company-wide. It's the Stadium View on Holmgren Way. They've got double bubble every Monday from 10 a.m. to close. Every weekday from 10 to 7. And double bubble during all Brewers games. Uh-oh, we're bubbling tonight. Doesn't matter the day of the week, what time it is during every Brewer game. They have DJ trivia every Thursday from 5 to 6.30. And stop in before and after the Leonard Skinner concerts. Uh -oh. They're going to have overflow bar and seating open as well. Sweet home Alabama. Always pregame at the stadium view. All right. When we come back, more on the Packer win, and we'll introduce our guest for the night. Don't go away. Fifth quarter returns right after this timeout. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Packers stay undefeated at home with a walk-off knockoff of the 49ers last night. Funny thing happened on the way to the bye week, though. And over to the stadium today, Mike McCarthy's press conference was held. I started editing tape. And then I got a text from Josh Jackson's Jerry Maguire, who said uh, he has uh, another engagement uh, at the same time. And this was after I talked to Josh after the ball game last night. He didn't know anything about his other engagement. And the agent said, well, why don't you talk to me first? And I said, well, Josh never told me I have to deal with you first. So sorry about that, folks. He's a grown man. The Iowa rookie will come later. But the best pinch hitter and another baseball <laughs> reference that we could possibly get. Longtime friend of mine on the Packer Beat, former Press Gazette beat writer, and now your ESPN Packers correspondent, ladies and gentlemen, the pride of Chicago, Rob Domofsky joining us. Hello, Rob. You don't even have to go through my agent to get me here. You can just go right, go direct. That's Do right. You have an agent uh, now, don't you? Uh, we don't. We don't talk about business. That's true. Isn't yes. that what Ted Thompson used to say? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've got an agent. Well, well, oh. he needs an agent, Mister Big Time, busy, busy man. How's that working out for you at ESPN? It's great. It's uh, this is season six, believe That's it or not. That's unbelievable. Yeah, six years at ESPN after almost sixteen at the Press Gazette. Uh, and don't ask, you know. But I got you covered. On uh, that. I'm <laughs> sure you do. I'm sure you do. You you must be the. Senior member of the media corps now, right? Because McGinn, be. McGinn's off. Or, or the were you before McGinn anyway? Uh, I just preceded Bob okay. by a year. And Cliff is the team historian. So well, yeah, he doesn't count. Yeah. And Spoon's close, too. Okay. Tommy Silverstein of the, uh, I can't even say the Journal Sentinel anymore. Right. It's the Ganatoids. USA Today, yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah, Network. true. Yeah. So what do you make of this bunch? What did you think of that one well, last night, Rob? Like, here, here's the thing you guys are talking about, the stretch coming up. I mean, the five games that they have, how many realistically will they win? The, it, you know, at the Rams, who I did talk to one guy in the league yesterday. I can't wait to who see said that game. He thinks really the Packers can. actually match up pretty well with the Rams. Um, and then, obviously, uh, across the country, Patriots. Then the home game against Miami, who 
is better than you know we thought. Yeah, okay. Seattle but they, is not as good. That's true. But that's a tough place to play. And then of course the Minnesota game. Like okay, we do you know back in April when the schedule comes out. And, that's a win-win-win loss. Win, right, win, right. Tie. So we win, all right. Win, we win. all do it. And I had the Packers five and one. Yeah, so at this point I. going to yeah. the bye week. But then I had them only winning one of the next five. So now if they only or yeah, if they go one and four now, now we're looking at what what would that be? Four I'm bad at math. Four, six and one, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean that's not you know now maybe if, well, even if they win two, you think, well, that's not too bad, but that still puts them at uh you know, not not, not in great. Well, shape. is somebody gonna run away with the division? Well that's the thing. I this don't... might be a year that, you know, nine, six and one wins the division and really nine, six and one is probably doable. The last tie was eight seven and one and won the division. Right, and that was two thousand thirteen. Yeah, right when yeah. Rogers missed part of the year, and they yeah. go, go to Chicago. I mean, this could very well be you know a similar type thing to two thousand thirteen, where um, you know whoever gets in sort of sneaks in, and then you know there, there's not going to be a wild card team probably from this division, at least as it looks right now. Um, but boy, you get a home game, and you never know. So for you, Rob, as you head into the bye week, yeah. what's your number one storyline on offense, number one storyline yeah. on defense? Well, it's a, it's a great question, Matt, because I, I looked at this um, today from our fine folks at ESPN Stats and Information. Oh, they just <laughs> feed you so much. Yeah, it's, 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 some of it's pretty interesting, though, because you know you look at offensively, this is the, was the fifth straight game that Rodgers has attempted at least 40 passes that is by far the longest. He's never gone more than three in a row where he's attempted 40. The NFL record is uh, seven, so he's two, two away from from that record. But what does that tell you, Mark and, and Matt? That tells you that they're so reliant on him right now right. and that they're falling behind. Those are patterns that they have to correct. But uh, it was asked today in McCarthy's press conference, and it was it's a good point. If you're so successful in that two-minute no-huddle thing, why not use that at the start? I brought that up Sunday right. night on cover yeah. two. I said, don't be surprised if yeah. they go no huddle or two minutes well, early. And they didn't until they fell behind. But McCarthy said today that, you know, hopefully, he used the word hopefully, we can establish that early. So, you know, that would be a way to sort of beat the Rams at their own game is to, to up-tempo it on them. Um, and so I think that's the big thing offensively and you know, defensively, I, I, I think we all thought, at least I fell into this, that Mike Pettin was going to be this big difference maker. Yeah. But when you don't have a lot of talent, and this is one thing I'm going to look at um, over the next couple days, a story later this week, is the last three drafts, fifth, not, not counting this year, but the mm-hmm. last three of Ted, 15, 16, and 17, how many starters do you think there are from those drafts, just off the top of your head? Oh, Let's wow. See, two. It's more than that. All right. But it's four. Four? Five, it's yeah. Kenny Clark and um, you call it up. Who else was in that? It's Kenny Clark. Um, uh, I'm drawing Kevin a Kevin King. Kevin King. One of the run- Clinton Dix. Ha Clinton Dix was, Martinez? Before, was before that. Blake Martinez. Martinez. Clinton Dix was, what, 14. And then yeah. the running back, whichever, whether it's Jones or or, um, or Montgomery or, you know, Williams. Uh, or, sure. or Williams, one of those. So it's four. I, I surveyed all of our 32 reporters around the league. There's only one team that has fewer starters from those three drafts than the Packers. And if you look at those drafts, it was defensive intensive, and they just didn't hit on enough mm-hmm. of those. I mean, there's some teams that from those three drafts, 15, 16, and 17, have as many as 10 starters. Good Lord. The Packers have four. 
And it tells you that they're just so far behind defensively from those last three drafts. And look, Ted Thompson did a, a great job early in his career. You know, some people think he's one of the best drafters in the game, but he wasn't those last three years. He missed on way too many picks, and it's come back to haunt them. I mean, look at the 2015 draft. The only guy still on the roster is Ty Montgomery. I'm not just talking starters. On the roster. Yeah. Um, that's that's five year veterans. Yeah, those are guys Four who should veterans. be. Who, those are guys who should be, you know, in the prime, ready to get another contract. Right, and and you know they'll be free. That's that class will be free agents this coming season, and there's basically nobody left. So, uh, I think that more than anything has hurt them defensively. Petten, um, you know, hasn't had quite the impact that I thought he would, but it's probably because you know, look, you look at their vi- their defense compared to the Vikings. The Vikings have. Multiple playmakers at every level, defensive line, linebacker, safety, cornerback. These guys have one or two on the entire defense, and that's it. Yeah, that's clear. No question. I think the Wilkerson injury hurt. They're very thin up front and not collapsing pockets with just four. One of those draft picks, Montrevious Adams, can't even get on the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As the fourth. Right. They're in the rotation. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and the big investment guys, Matthews and Perry, they were sitting for several series last night in place of Fackrell and Gilbert. Yeah, the, the crazy thing is, if you would have said neither of those guys would have missed a game with injury and uh, Cobb and Allison would have missed multiple games, I never would have believed it. The one thing is, uh, Perry and Matthews have actually been healthy, which is sort of you know a difference for, for those guys. This was a hot storyline on social media and the papers for a couple of weeks. What do you make of the Rodgers-McCarthy relationship dynamic? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, they've gone through this before. Um, we've seen, you know, on the field confrontations. We've seen comments made privately. I, look, I think when you're not playing up to uh, capabilities, this is the kind of thing that's going to be discussed. Rogers made it a topic. We all know him. He got up there in that Buffalo game and did that for a reason. What his reason was? <laughs> you know, he that's never that, says no, he, anything that, without right. thinking of what yeah, he's going he, he to was say clearly he, he wanted a point to be made. Um, I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why he felt that need. But but there was definitely something that he wanted to get off his chest. And and because of it, he brought this whole story back to the forefront. And, you know, it's not going to go away until they get on a run where they have sustained success. Is it a tired marriage? Yeah, that's a hard question. Uh, I, how long have you been married? <laughs> 35 in a couple of weeks. I've been married 20. All right. Um, they all get tired. <laughs> <laughs> my wife's not listening to this. She's at, my, she's at a baseball game. Mine no way be. she's listening. That's uh, why it's safe to say. Safe yeah. to say. You're not recording this, are you? No. no. Uh, yeah, marriages are tough. Um, but, you know, coming here to the show, usually get a good gift card and <laughs> spend it on her and everything's yeah, good. Everything's good so. well, and especially in sports where everyone is an alpha male. Yeah, that's right. That's a great point. I mean, the egos involved with this are off the charts. Yeah. I mean, off the charts. And when McCarthy says, oh, it's two highly competitive guys, it is, but it's also two huge ego guys. And uh, I'm, hi- I'm a highly successful there, there's yeah, there's stubbornness to it. Um, I'm sure if you're my, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're watching the Rams and and the Chiefs and these dynamic offenses and going, why can't we be more like this? I thought they were more like that uh, on that first series. I thought they actually came out 
with some really dynamic stuff. The first play of the game, they run the play action. The keep, they, yeah. Yeah, no. which they, they hit Valdez Scantling. Then Jones rips off a 16-yard run. And that, that play, the deception play on the touchdown uh, to Montgomery, that's the kind of stuff that I think Rodgers would like to do more of. You know, the jump out foreign formation yeah. to that little slip yeah, it was, thing. Yeah, it was, that, that's creativity that um, I think Rodgers wants. I think Aaron wants less of the multiple personnel groupings and more of my best playmaker. Yeah, I, mean, I think he would just soon yeah. have Jones, Adams, Allison, yeah. Cobb, and Graham, and let's go. Some of their best seasons was when they went no huddle 2011 2014 yeah. stuck with three wides a tight end and a running back and just marched down the field yeah now the, the problem with those teams is they scored so fast that the defense <laughs> right. had to go back out there and 2011 i mean they were what 31st in in passing yards allowed and rogers was first in offense so um you have to have it it all has to go together i'll give the defense some credit uh and mike Petton for getting things at least Cleaned up a little bit in that right. game last night. First series, Niners executed brilliantly. Yeah. Okay, and then they hit two shot plays. Really, right? And, uh, and, and they gave up only 111 yards. Yeah, and six points after halftime. You talk about a stale marriage. That's what it became with Capers. I mean, look, in in, in 2009 and 10, Dom Capers' stuff was really good. Yeah. It worked. The problem was he's kept running the same stuff. That's what Tremont Williams said when and he the, came yeah, back. And the yeah, league, told me that. Yeah, the league right. caught up with him. That that and Tremont's 100 percent right. Um, you know, the, that's and you flip it over to the offensive side. You know, yeah, McCarthy's been running a successful offense for a long time, but eventually the league catches up to it. And that's where things needed to change or need to change. All right. We'll see what happens. We'll keep going with Rob Damaski of ESPN in a minute. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll start playing the fun and games department. We'll look for our hot play of the day. Don't go away. Fifth quarter returns to the Stadium View right after this break. Live from the Stadium View Bar and Grill, here are Mark Daniels and Matt Z. All right. Welcome back, everybody. The Green Bay Packers have a countdown record. Three, two, one. And the bye week is here for the boys. Rob Domofsky, our guest tonight. Hey, but before we get back to Rob, we got to get our hot play of the day in. You know how it works. Our friends from Robinson's will give you a prize tonight if you guess the hot play of the game. Last night, you'll also get qualified for the grand prize drawing at the end of the year. A couple of indoor club seats to the rematch with the Lions at Lambeau. All right, Z. Tim is up first. What's your Tim, guess, Tim? what do you got? Mason Crosby's funeral. <laughs> Well, he went from ice cold to the toastiest of the town. Yeah, that would just happen to be Mason Crosby. Yes. Hunter Bradley, the snap. J.K. Scott down on one knee, arm extended. Here it is. Placement made. Kick is up. It is good. He yes. is good. Mason, yes, Mason Crosby, Crosby delivers a dagger. One week after his worst day ever, he delivers the dagger tonight. Here you go, Wayne and the grunting Larry on the call on the Packer Radio Network. Matter of eight days, Crosby experienced the worst and one of the best. This is a special one. This is one of my better days, and uh, to be able to go out there and perform that way I did after last week, uh, you know, did a lot of soul searching this week and made sure I uh, really locked in on my, my preparation, and uh, it paid off. There you go. Way to go, Tim. You're in for a hot play. We'll do the cold play a little bit later on. What a story for Mason. You know, last week in Detroit, we stood funny? there in the locker room, and there was a huge media contingent around him, and he said, I usually only get this much attention when it's something extremely bad or extremely good. And the the two weeks in a row, I mean, they had to pull Mason away from his locker. I know, yeah. Uh, both, times, both times. Both, yeah. both in Detroit. Take him to the middle of the yeah, room. And last night where, I mean, otherwise there wouldn't have been room for the rest of the guys around him to change. And, 
you know, for him to experience that gamut of emotions, uh, you know, our, our cover two partner, Jason Wildey, sits next to me during the game, and with about three minutes to go, uh, and hadn't even scored the touchdown at this point uh, to make it 30-30, I just said to Jason, wouldn't this be some heck of a story if it ended up coming down to a Mason Crosby kick? Um, and, and sure enough, sometimes it you know it works out that way. And you know, like you said many times, you know we don't necessarily root for this or that, but we root for a good story, and that was a good story. That yeah, was a really good story. In fact, Mason said he felt it. I mean, he really felt it on the PAT to make it thirty thirty. Well, that was you know nerve wracking in the sense of you know here it is. I you know I still wonder. Uh, and maybe some of the people in the stands that, uh, there are here today. But when he got the cheer, you know, for the first kick, PAT, was yeah. that more of a sarcastic cheer or was that a genuine cheer? I, no, I, wasn't I think it was sure. heartfelt. I was thought it, it was. I, okay. I, I sensed it was heartfelt. I, and yeah. Rogers said he thought it was too. I, I, I just wondered. I didn't ask Mason about it, but I'm sure he heard it. But I don't get the sense that the folks in the stadium. Are, are that mean spirited? No, but I mean, there's some booing that goes. Well, that, on well there. that's deserved. I yeah. mean, you know, yeah. you know that. And if Mason didn't have such a storied history with this franchise, right. Yeah, it may have may have been you know kind of a, a jeering little, sort a Bronx of cheer. cheer they yeah, call exactly. It, you know? But yeah, he's he's so much of a fan favorite. Yeah. I think it was legit. And, and I that's why I asked McCarthy that today. I think the the rest of the team could just take note if you right. screw up or have a bad game or you're in some sort of funk. Just put your nose to the grindstone, as Mason always says. Trust the process, right. trust the preparation, and and go out and and do your job the next week. And I think a lot of the guys on this team could probably learn right. something. It's from, an example of yeah. how to come back from something like that. And and look, mistakes are made all the time. Um, you know, heck, I mean, we've seen breakdowns defensively, and and you know, sometimes you're lucky enough to get a second chance, and this is how you handle it. Good thing it wasn't Mike Zimmer. Did you see the game? <laughs> Got his rookie drafted for. Yeah. Was it a hard call? No. Did you, why not? Did you see the game? Uh, no, that wasn't going to happen to Macy. Yeah. But that, uh, that was a good story. And, yeah, he is our uh, hot play of the day. Um, there were a lot of them, though. I mean, like some of those plays that Devontae Adams... The catch that St. Brown made on the back yeah, shoulder play uh, on the sideline. Uh, you know, there are a lot of them. I mean, look, the interception. Uh, Kevin King, I mean, the, what a time to come up with your first interception. I, I, I could believe it was I, his first. Well, you would have thought he would have had one. Well, he should have one yeah. by now, but he's missed a lot of time with injury, and that's a draft pick. You know, we're talking about draft classes. That's a guy who you know needs to live up to where he was picked and the importance that they put on him. I think they finally got this. DB's two by two thing figured out. Well, uh, except for coming to your show, yeah, yeah. Other than other than that, everything's good. Uh, but you know, but the Randall and Rollins thing, yeah, you know, yeah. Alexander, all the way back to Carroll right. and Thomas. Alexander, if he gets healthy, looks like he's a playmaker. And Josh Jackson needs to learn how to play without holding all the time. But he's got he's got potential. Yeah, he's a little on the grabby side. But you know, Devon House isn't going to come back. No, and and Tremont's probably a one one year I think player. Tremont is going to yeah. be this year's Jerry Evans, right? Yep. So they got to go. They got to go. Yeah. Question for both of you guys. What's been the toughest interview you guys have had since covering the Packers? Ooh. Toughest? Well, I'll say Sterling Sharp. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I guess toughest is in toughest person to deal with or hardest subject matter. Um, I, I leave that up to you. There's been some tough subject matters to deal with. Um, who was it a few years ago? Who lost their child? Um, tight end uh, Andrew Corliss. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, came back, missed part of camp after losing a, a baby. 
Uh, that was tough. That was um, tough. Toughest people to deal with. But well, I feel like I feel is, like we've been down this road. You still have the autograph picture in your office, Brad Jones. Yeah. yeah, not one of my favorites. No, why is that? So Brad, I'll tell you the quick Brad Jones story. Brad Jones was um, one of those guys who was probably a pretty smart guy, um, but always thought he was going to outsmart the person asking the question, and it just made it very difficult. Like every question, you could have said the sky's blue, and he would have said no, it's black. I mean, he just had to be difficult. Well, there was he had a shoulder injury. Um, and, and there was some question about whether he was going to play or not. Um, don't forget, he was a starter. You know, yeah. I think what was it, 2010, yeah. 11, 12, somewhere in there, starting outside linebacker. And uh, he just he was not going to he wasn't going to say anything about his shoulder. And I, I asked him just what the injury was, how it not even how it happened. He wouldn't even say how it happened. And finally, he just I, I can't remember what he said, but he basically said, I'm not going to answer anything. And I just said, well, then I have no use for you. And I walked away. <laughs> did he argue that you did have a use for him? Never, just to be difficult. Uh, he wanted ne- to be. Never useful. talked to him after that. Really? Never talked to him since. And when he he introduced the Packers, was it second round pick this year at the draft? Yeah. And I tweeted, well, they finally found a use for Brad Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Sharp was an interesting case yeah. because he was one of the most. Uh, Effervescent, outgoing rookies uh, you could imagine. Number one pick, mm. South Carolina. Uh, really a lot of fun. Very smart. Very humorous. And then about midway through his first season, there were a couple of stories uh, about his drops. And he was so taken by that that he just clammed up completely. And I'll never forget the 1994 playoff game in Detroit. Caught the touchdown from Favre to win the game, 28-24. Poor Lee Remmel, God rest his soul, literally had to drag Sharp into the media room to talk about the game-winning touchdown. Uh, it was, and he was very curt, standoffish. Hmm. And then he goes to yes, goes to your place in the NFL Network, <laughs> wherever. He still worked. I don't, I don't know. He does, and he couldn't shut him up. You know, the, Matt. The interesting thing is, I'm curious. Like fans, they, I think they want to hear from these guys, don't they? Yes. J- Jimmy Graham's an interesting case. Yeah. Because he does, he clearly does not like to talk to the media, but when he does, he's really good at it. He he gives good answers, I he agree. tells good stories. But for whatever reason, they've had to coax him out. And he and I, you know, had a little bit of a public exchange yes, over his look. It is in their contract that they have to talk to the media. It's the connection to the fans. Now, I realize social media has changed that. They can post things. Fans can get they to know them that way. They can connect to the fans themselves right, without but I, us. But I do think the, the real fans do want to hear what these guys have to say. And I think players look at us as sort of this the enemy, but what, they, what we really are are the connection between them and the fans. And that's the thing with Jimmy Graham is he's actually started to talk a little bit more. Uh, and I he's, missed him last night. Yeah, he's, he talked last he, night. He did late. late, but he's very good at it. I know. And he's interesting. And he's somebody that has, you know, good takes on He things. has some great quotes um, about how Aaron's playing and yeah. how much he really if, wanted to be a part of it. If he was terrible, we wouldn't want to talk to him. Exactly. But he's yeah. actually really good at it. And he's and, not a long snapper either. Yeah. So, yeah, so who's been the best interviewer, best player to have interactions I with over Tremont the years? I think Tremont Williams is among the best of all time. I mean, yeah. he, he's a guy who, no matter what story you're working on, you can go to him, and he will give you a good, thoughtful answer. Brett Favre was that way too. I mean, Early, first, uh, yeah, I still thought he was. Even, of his even at the end, I thought he was. But um, you know, Devontae Adams so far, knock on wood, has not changed. The money hasn't changed him. The success hasn't changed him. He's another. He's a guy right now that you can go to, and he'll never say no. 
even though he's become a pretty big star, uh, very approachable, very thoughtful. Uh, you know, it's sort of refreshing because you, you mentioned sharp receivers tend to be a little diva-ish. Yeah, Greg Jennings got that way. Um, Jordy, I think, got a little bit yeah. that way at the end. Driver um, certainly. Got driver that definitely way. got that way at the end. You know, I like Charles Woodson. Yeah, another guy who didn't really talk a lot, but when no, he did, but you know, but was very he, good. But he did, and yeah. you know what? And he is so um, kind of cocooned, right? But when Clay Matthews gets going. He's good. I, I like Clay. Yeah, Clay's good. I mean, over the years, you know, I, I think the best guys to talk to are the backup quarterbacks, the kickers. They have a lot of time on their hands. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, think of the guys that <laughs> And they want like, the attention. Yeah. Think of the guy. I mean, Doug Peterson was always he was very, awesome, very yeah. good. And now it's interesting to see as a head coach, he's head coach-like. Yes. Stuff. But Doug, Doug would explain things. Andy Reid yeah, too much. Doug would explain things to you. He would tell you what went on. Behind the scenes, Matt Hasselbeck was the same way. Uh, Ryan Longwell was very good. Offensive linemen over the years have been very good. Uh, but I, but on this team, I mean, I put Tremont Williams and Devontae Adams up there with all-time guys over the years. Micah Hyde was very yeah, good he was when he good. was here. Um, th- th- those are guys that they got it. They understood what their role was in terms and of what the we're all about and why yeah, we're there what the connection yeah, yeah. is between them and the fans yeah. and how you make that connection all right we're gonna take another break when we come back we'll look for a cold play of the day and look ahead to what's uh, we touched on it briefly but what's ahead for these guys when we come back fifth quarter returns right after this from the stadium view we now return you to the fifth quarter live from the stadium view bar and grill here are Mark Daniels and Matt Z. All right, welcome back. Well, we're just flying by this hour. Packers over the Niners last night, 33-30 on the Mason Crosby walk-off. That was our hot play of the day. Time for a cold play from the game last night. Same thing. Robinsons will get you prize tonight, get you qualified for the Lions game at the end of the year. All right, Z. What's your guess? The long touchdown pass to Goodwin. What two for two tonight? Coldest play came after the Pack's hot start. They built a 17-7 lead late in the first, but the Niners put a chill in the D when C.J. Beathard took the top off. Beathard gonna take a shot downfield. Strike goal. There you go. The ESPN call last night. 67-yard bomb cap. A three-play 78-yard series that turned this game into a shootout. I didn't realize how fast that guy was. I, w- I, I didn't know much their about him Their running backs are fast, too. I like Brita. I thought their speed was a huge difference early on in the game. Carthy said they came out and played faster yeah. than we did. Yeah, I, but, I, but, I, but I just think the way their actual, the play, how fast their players are. I've, I've thought for years, and we've talked about this on shows before, what? is that, you know, everyone, oh, they got to tackle better, they got to be tougher. I think they just need to be faster. One they need of, to get faster I know. Players. One of the former scouts up there, who has now left the organization, uh, came up to me and kind of sidled up to me, and, you know, we're getting closer to the draft, and uh, I said, what do you guys think of it? And that's what he, that's all he said. One word: speed. speed. Yeah, need more. Speed. Yeah, I mean, like, look, I think people, uh, you know, criticize Ha Ha Clinton Dix for missing plays, and rightly so. But I don't think it's that. I don't think it's the effort. I don't think it's that he's unwilling to do it. I think he's not quick enough to get into position at times, and therefore it makes it look like he's turning down plays. He's just not fast. And, and I was having a cold play last but, night. Yeah. All right, King blitzes. Goodwin shoots up the middle. Martinez has to turn and run for a moment. Right, and Kentrell yeah. Bryce not fast enough to close right. the gap. Exactly. There's a reason he was undrafted. You know? The need for speed. Yeah. 
Favorite place to cover a game not named Lambeau Field? Ooh. You know, some of the, like, really cool stadiums, the press box is in the end zone. Like, New England's a really cool stadium, but our seats are looking through the goalposts. So, yeah. so I don't enjoy covering the game. Same, yeah. with, same with FedEx. Um, Terrible. Yeah. Well, that, that place is a dump Oh, anyway. my God. Um, <laughs> we talked about the, the I, rain You know, inside. I think Seattle is also a really cool stadium. Really neat place. Our seats are only okay there, but... I think Arrowhead um, is fun. Yeah, it's loud. It's old school. Yeah. Um, but, boy, I mean... You know, the atmosphere in Seattle, that place is, that's the loudest outdoor stadium I've ever been. The, my least favorite place to cover a game was by far the Metrodome. Yeah. Uh, it was so loud and fake loud, you know, just completely that Guns N' Roses song over and over. The horn. And what bothered me most was we are midway up. And, and the stands are literally six feet in front of you. Right. And it was a great viewpoint from the 50-yard line and low, but people would walk right people in People are of walking you. right by Yell, you. Yelling at Ted Thompson who's sitting yeah, behind us. You know, and it's open air, so yeah. they'd be able to turn and yell at that us. That was the most uncomfortable thing I'd ever seen um, was the, the first game after Favre. Uh, I don't know if he was the year he got traded or the year he was actually playing for the Vikings. But fans, I mean, Ted, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but the GM and the uh, the president Mark Murphy they sit in the press box yeah. on the road. I didn't realize that when I before I covered the NFL and people are just yelling at Ted. Um, I actually kind of felt bad for him. Uh, my first realization was that when these guys that these guys sat in the press box with us was my first road game at Chicago in 1997. I had never covered an NFL game before. I'm at Chicago. And uh, there's a Packers player gets hurt on a kickoff. And I hear this. And press box is a quiet place. Yeah. They're supposed to be. I hear this voice from behind me saying, drag him off the field and let's play. <laughs> and I didn't want to turn around. And I nudged Pete Doherty. I said, who was that? He goes, it was Wolf. I go, Ron Wolf? About his own player? He goes, yep. Ron Wolf said. <laughs> That's great. Drag him off the field and let's play. About one of his own guys. Wolf was. Uh, he was vicious. Hired in November of 91. Yeah. Lindy's team was tanking badly. Yeah. We all know that. And the first game that he was employed by the Packers was in Atlanta. And you all know the story. Right. He went early and looked at Favre and this and that. But he sat directly behind me in that game uh, in the press box uh, at uh, Old Fulton County Stadium. Same kind of thing. He saw what that team was all about. Yeah. And you could hear him just whispering throughout the game. This is bad. Well, the got to go. Uh, this, this is, is got to go. The story, the legend that I had heard about Wolf and press boxes, it was before I covered the team, but I've heard that this is true, was the the George Teague hundred yard interception in the in playoffs Detroit, at yeah, Detroit. Yeah. And what does it take? How long does it take a defensive back to run a hundred yards? 10, 12 seconds. Yeah, it should be whatever it is. As as I got to stand up to do what Wolf did, but as he's returning it, Wolf stands up in the press box and he's yelling, "Shove it up there, blank! Shove it up there, blank!" Shove, I mean, the whole time that he's running down. Yeah. I mean, now it's it's loud, it's open air, yeah. so it wasn't it wasn't like being in a quiet press box. But Wolf was shove it up there, shove it up there. You know, just as, as Teague's running the whole hundred yards uh. down the field. I miss that emotion. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. here's the thing, though. That never would happen anymore because right. somebody in the press box would film it. It would end up on social media. Yeah. Uh, but the raw emotion, um, you know, we still hear, you know, you'll hear you know, the scouts that sit behind us on the road slam their fists when yeah. something doesn't go right or – uh, but it is it's interesting it's an interesting thing that people would never I I just never realized that those guys sat in the press box. Yeah, they do. All right. So three, two, and one. Bye week. We talked about the gauntlet in front of them. Uh 
Can McCarthy get this thing figured out? I mean, Let's it, say the brace goes away. Yeah. They Allison, talk. Cobb, stay healthy. Balaga doesn't keep going down in right. games. Uh, and Petten kind of is able to dial things up if they're at least even or ahead right. down the stretch. Since they've already got a tie, if they could go 2-2-1 two, two and one in this stretch with another tie, <laughs> another tie. that would be pretty good. I, I can't see him winning more than two of these games, though. I really can't. Playoff bound or not? Well, I still puts them in a position. What's the schedule? What was it? What is it after? All right, here we go. After this Take stretch, it. I mean, it's 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 manageable. Um, Arizona, Atlanta. Yeah, you, you know, Arizona, Atlanta's Atlanta is not good. I still don't think the Bears are great. The Jets aren't any good, and Detroit and I mean, you could easily go run the table there, you know, and win those last five. So that puts you at uh, ten. What ten wins? Yeah, yeah win, that'd be ten. If well, you, they get to ten, right? Man. If you win two of these games, I think you're fine. Um, but I'm not sure. I have a hard time finding which two they're going to win. Yeah, Miami's I, I, I think not they bad. Can win. I think they can beat Miami here. I think they can beat Seattle. I just don't think Seattle is Seattle anymore. Yeah, boy, what a start it would be if they could get the one in, in L.A. Though. That's why I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah. Uh, just to see the Rams in person. Just to get back to L.A. Last game I covered in L.A., was the Raiders and the Packers yeah, at the Coliseum. That's the only NFL city I've never Fonte covered a game. brought in that yeah. power lifter guy, it was just a mess. And Jackie kicked, I think, six field goals mm. or something like that. Okay. And they upset the Raiders. And at the Coliseum? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a long time ago. Yeah. long time ago. Rob, what a great time. I well, uh, really appreciate me. you coming over. We'll tell over. some more press box stories <laughs> next yes. time. I think we were enlightening a lot of people on what our job is really about. Shove <laughs> it up there, Ron Wolf. <laughs> Have a good week off. All we'll right, see yep, you next you week. Too. Thanks, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Demosky, our guest. Don't go away. When we come back. We're sending somebody to the pro shop, and we'll wrap things up right after this time out. Live from the Stadium View Bar and Grill, here are Mark Daniels and Matt Z. All right, welcome back, everybody. Bears get upset by the Dolphins on the weekend in overtime. Vikings, they were a winner over Arizona. So, yeah, it's a jumbled mess in the NFC North. Stick around. I think we're going to have some fun when we come off the bye. A reminder, they may be not playing, but we will. We'll be back next Monday night with another edition of the fifth quarter. And in the meantime, we're going to send somebody who came out tonight to enjoy our conversation with Rob. To the Packer Pro Shop for my friends at Robinson's. Cheryl Van. Cheryl. Cheryl Van. You got yourself a gift card. All right, Z. Enough of the nonsense. Let's play a complete game and see what happens with these guys. Get well and get right. See what happens. That'd be nice. The defense did it against Buffalo. Hopefully they can do it against the Rams, although that's not going to happen. And the offense is putting up 500 that offense plus is too good. and yeah. they go over 30 for the first time this year. So let's see what's in store for the Pack. Until then... Have yeah. yourself a good week off. Enjoy your bye week. I will. Go Brewers. Go Brewers. And until next Monday night. Thanks for coming out. So long, everybody. Thanks, everybody.